Let's open the scriptures this morning to Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. Isaiah prophesied approximately 700 B.C. And the verses that we're going to look at, Philip the Evangelist preached in about 40 A.D. in a chariot to the Ethiopian eunuch. Isaiah 53. Let these words get our attention and our affection this morning for the Lord Jesus Christ, whom we're going to see and consider as he stood before Pontius Pilate, prefect of the Roman Empire in Judea. Verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. Amen and amen. amen. Verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We were totally unified in one sense. We were in perfect agreement with each other in one matter. And that is... We went astray from the way of God for our race. It tells us that the generation of Noah did it, and so have we done it. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. That's considering us together. Then the next clause, we have turned every one to his own way. We each independently did it by turning against God to our own way. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, and that's what we cared about instead of what God had chosen for our way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. The Lord Jehovah put all our sins that we collectively and individually merited and the condemnation due them on the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 7, he was oppressed. He was not treated fairly or justly. He was slapped before Caiaphas, if you'll recall, from the second section and middle part of John 18. He was oppressed. He was afflicted by their false accusations and slander against him, though they could not get witnesses to agree, yet he opened not his mouth. Except for a few moments in the hours of his trial, he said nothing so that Pilate marveled greatly. All the slanderous charges, and Pilate knew they were slanderous, Pilate knew for envy the Jews had delivered him. Pilate knew he was innocent of the charges the Jews were giving against him, and yet Jesus said nothing. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and lambs don't fight the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, meaning silent, not speaking. And you got to witness that a couple years ago with me. So he openeth not his mouth. 
He did not revile. He did not threaten. He did not defend. He let them slander him. This is our Savior. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. He didn't tweet. He didn't do anything. He didn't text. He didn't cry out. He witnessed a good confession before Pilate. Verse 8, he was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. A couple of years ago, I preached to you a sermon from the middle part of verse 8. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. Unmarried, in the prime of life, Jesus was cut off. Yet we are his generation. We are the offspring of the Lord Jesus Christ, the children which God gave to him. And so we understand that middle clause very well. But I want the first one this morning. He was taken from prison and from judgment. He was not actually in prison like Barabbas was in prison. But he was taken from the holding... That the Jews should, that the Romans should have made of him, and that the Jews should have made of him. He wasn't put in the detention center. He was pulled out of it, and there was a rush to execution made that night. He was taken from fair and proper process of law, and Pilate knew it. The Jews did it for expediency, and the Romans did it for expediency, and they were both guilty of violating process of law. But Jesus went. He was taken from prison and from judgment. He had to go to Annas, Caiaphas, Pilate, Herod, back to Pilate, all in one night. A rush to execution to get him executed as fast as possible, lest there be an uprising of the people that knew he was at least a prophet. And so this is our Savior. And this is told us 700 B.C., 700 years before Jesus Christ, we are giving this prophecy right here. And these verses are the ones that are quoted by Luke in Acts chapter 8 as what Philip explained to the Ethiopian eunuch. Right here, that clause, he was taken from prison and from judgment. Jesus was rushed out of the holding. He should have been kept overnight and had a due trial for him the next day, the next week, however long it took to bring true evidence and real witnesses that could have shown he was guilty of a crime, which didn't happen because he was taken from prison and from judgment. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, but he opened not his mouth. He was like a lamb to the slaughter, like a sheep to her shearing. They make no noise, they don't fight, and neither did our Lord. Then, but he came 40 years later and he did fight. He fought from heaven against his enemies and he destroyed them. He's a glorious savior and we want to love him today. These verses are in the Bible for you. They got the attention of the Ethiopian eunuch. He didn't know what they referred to. We live on this side of the cross. We live on this side of Philip. We know what they refer to. They describe our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's love him today. That is why we are here. We are not here for any other reason preeminently but to love the Lord Jesus Christ and to appreciate what he did for us on the cross of Calvary. Let us pray.
Father in heaven, Father all-glorious, we thank Thee for Thy Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we desire this day to honor Thy Son that we might, in so doing, honor Thee. Bless us to this end. Help us, O Lord, to see the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank Thee for inspiring the prophet Isaiah to write these precious words 700 years before they took place. And yet we can see their perfect fulfillment in the gospel accounts of Jesus of Nazareth on trial before the Jews and then on trial before the Gentiles. We thank Thee, Lord of heaven and earth, for sending Your Son into this world And we thank Thee, Holy Father, that Thy Son obeyed Thee and pleased Thee perfectly in all manner, in all matters, all aspects and details in His trial and crucifixion. We thank Thee that He fulfilled the prophecy of being a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep to shearers. He opened not His mouth. He didn't threaten. He didn't revile. He humbled Himself to the death of the cross for us because we all together in organized sedition and rebellion had turned our backs on thy way and sought out our own way and there is not one of us that did not independently do so himself or herself in his or her hearts heavenly father we thank thee that our iniquities were laid upon the lord jesus christ We thank Thee, Heavenly Father, that He was willing to suffer oppression, to be taken from prison and from judgment, and rushed to execution. We thank Thee for His death. We are here today because of His death, yea, rather, because of His life. For now He sits at Thy right hand, ever living, to make intercession for us. Holy Father, our minds are so easily distracted and diverted with the thoughts of our little lives, the thoughts of this temporary world. Forgive us and cleanse us from such foolish thinking and direct our attention to your Son, Jesus Christ. And Father, we we confess our hearts are cold and dull, the passion that they ought to have, the love they should have for Him who loved us and gave Himself for us, is too often cold. Heavenly Father, stir us up today by your Spirit and by your Word. Let us look at Isaiah 53, 6-8 and let these words of prophecy perfectly fulfilled 2,000 years ago light us up in our hearts, lift us up toward heaven that we might love Him who came into this world and was a king and had a kingdom, but He laid down His life for His enemies that they might become his citizens and that they might become his brethren. We thank thee for thy son, the Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, wherever his name is lifted up today in sincerity and in truth and in spirit and in truth, bless those men that proclaim his goodness and his glory and bless their hearers to be fed with knowledge and understanding about their Savior. We thank thee for the privilege of having your word in our tongue We thank Thee for beautiful feet that have preached it to us, and we love Him who loved us. We thank Thee for America. Preserve it. 
We thank Thee for our livelihoods and the good health that we enjoy. Thank Thee, Heavenly Father. We ask that You would forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, that together we will stand before Thee purified and ready to worship Thee. Have mercy upon us now, Father. We pray for a portion of Thy Spirit to be with us and in us. Make Thyself manifest to us as you promised us in the 14th chapter of John, that as we love thee and keep thy commandments, and that is what we are seeking to do this morning, you will reveal yourself more perfectly to us, and you will love us. We thank thee for our King, the Lord Jesus Christ, who witnessed a good confession before Pilate, and whom we adore and trust for our lives in this world, and our lives in the world to come. Holy Father, hear us as we pray in his glorious name, the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Amen. Amen.